Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. Um, we started a brand new series this year. And we started off with basically what this year is entitled, the year 2020. And this first series that we're starting has everything to do with 2020, not just the year, but the vision. If you were uh, able to join us on New Year's Eve, we, 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 we shared a message and, 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 and what I believe that God is telling us this year. And what I believe that the message that God has for not just those who are members of Mosaic Church, but those who are connected to Mosaic Church in any way, that I believe that this is not just the year, but the decade of abundance. For seven years as the pastor of this church, I have, I have spoken that prophetically over your lives. I have proclaimed that over your lives. Every time we close out during the benediction, I have said that to you all, that may God bless you, may God keep you, and may the glory of heaven shine upon you. We've spoken abundance over you. Uh, now unto him who can do exceedingly abundantly. We've spoken that over you every single Sunday, and I believe that this is harvest time. This is the time where we will live abundantly. This is the season of abundance. This is the season of more than you need. This is the season of more than you could ask for. This is the season of immeasurable blessings. And so uh, as we are jumping into part two of this series, I pray that, that you are connected. Let me pause for a moment and welcome our online community Online community, we welcome you this morning. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. I see you, and we, we appreciate it. We know that you have so many other options and where you could log in and watch a streaming service, but the fact that you've joined us here it means the world to us. I'm going to ask you to do a favor online. I want you, since you're already on Facebook, just go on ahead and check in with us. Just There's a little button right there in your, in your little section there, your status section. Just click check in. And those who are in Mosaic Church here this morning, if you have Facebook. I want you at some point, even while I'm talking right now, grab your phone, check in, let your friends, let your family know that you are worshiping at Mosaic Church with us this morning. So grab, if you have Facebook, do us that favor, check in so we know and those around you who love you, they know that you are in the house of the Lord and the house called Mosaic Church. Last week, we opened up this series and we talked about what 2020 vision is. And, and, and how we can have an abundant life, how we can have an abundant year. And we talked about the importance of insight. 
right? Anything you're planning, we all set goals and we all set resolutions and we all set these big plans for our new year. And that's honorable and that's admirable. And I think that we should all always endeavor for better. I think that's what God designed for us. We should always endeavor for better, better than last year. We should always be striving for better. And so it's good when we set these goals. But I often say, and I said this on last week, it's so important that we look inward. I know many of us set uh, reading goals and many of us set uh, uh, fitness goals and, and many of us set eating better goals. All of these different goals we set. And what I shared with you on last week is this, that, that, that it's much easier to achieve your goals if you, if you include God in your planning. Even if it's a fitness goal, even if it's a, a financial goal, even if it's a, a reading goal or an educational goal or relational goal, include God in the planning. And when God is a part of your planning process, guess what? Your success rate increases. And oftentimes we, we make these wonderful resolutions and we make these wonderful plans and we have this 2020 vision on what we want to do, but we've not received 2020 vision from God, which happens in sight. And we get that 2020 download from God, the insight when we consecrate, meaning separate ourselves, set ourselves aside, kind of go out into a place of prayer and fasting, which is what we're doing right now. And I say this, that that this applies to your personal life as well. It's not just a, a mosaic church thing. This is a you thing, a personal thing. So now let's move on to 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 the second part of this series where I want us to begin to look ahead. So now we've looked inward, let's look forward. Let's look forward. The scripture is going to come from a very familiar passage. You find this in the Old Testament from, uh, from a messenger of God, a, a guy by the name of Habakkuk. And, and I want you to meet me over in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2. Habakkuk, chapter 2. And I'm going to be reading for verse, verses 1 through 3, reading from the New Living Translation. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And this will be on the screens. And it says this. He says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits an appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not die. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Here's what I want you all to catch. That I, that, that I won't lie that I've overlooked several times in reading this passage, especially when we're talking about a series that has to do with vision, insight and foresight, right? Watch this. The prophet, this, this, this wonderful messenger of God, Habakkuk, who, who is really standing in the gap for his people. Uh, they're going through some issues. They're facing some challenges. They're wondering, God, when will this end? When will these challenges, when will this stuff that we're facing be over? And so Habakkuk takes it uh, upon himself and he says, I'm going to uh, list these complaints to God because God says, I can do that. He says, cast your cares upon me. Bring your petitions to me. And so Habakkuk says, I'm going to do that. I'm going to lay all of these things before God, and then I want to see what he says about my complaints. But here's what I want y'all to catch that I didn't pay attention to. Notice all of the visual connotations 
that are referenced as we read this. I'll read it one more time. I will take my stand at my watch post. How many of you watch without looking? <laughs> His watch post, the, the place that's the highest place. So the watch post is where the guards were. These were the ones who were keeping guard over the city's uh, gates. These were the ones who were there. And then he says, I'm going to go to the tower. Catch this. It's the highest point in the watchtower, in the watch post. It's the highest point. So he's going to go all the way up there and watch what he says. Here's another connotation about sight. And then I'm going to look out and see. Many of us have set goals. Many of us have prayed. We've written in our prayer journals. But guess what? We're not looking for God. We're just waiting to hear from him. And we need to take the posture of of Habakkuk here and we have to be looking because do you realize that God speaks to us in signs and wonders, but too much we're waiting to listen. I ain't hearing God. And sometimes God says, you ain't hearing me because you're not looking for me. Stop trying to listen to me and just look for me. You asked me for something and I presented it visually in front of you, but you ignored it because you're looking to hear something. And Habakkuk says it. He makes it plain and it's so wonderful here. And I missed how much he talked about us needing to look. The other thing you need to know about the tower is that it was alone. It was an isolated place. See, the watch post was only designated for guards to watch over, but the tower could only hold one person in that place. So he went alone to a place not to hear from God but to look for God. I want to see, watch this, I want to see you working the miracle that I'm asking you for. I don't need to hear it right now. In other words, I'm not listening to nobody's voice. Not, not, I'm not listening to nobody's voice. I'm looking for God, your actions in, uh, regarding the prayer request I've laid before your feet. And how many of us are paying close attention to God? And oftentimes we start complaining about stuff. God, why? I, I hear people say this all the time. I'm not hearing from God. I, I can't hear God. I'm, God ain't speaking to me. And he is. But you're not looking. He's giving you examples. And sometimes, watch this. You know how God responds sometimes to your prayer requests? Sometimes it's not giving you exactly what you want, but it's taking away what you don't need. And you think that thing you're praying for, you think that thing that you're desiring, you think that thing you're seeking him for is the most important thing you need. And he's holding it back saying, you think you need that, but baby, what I'm putting in front of you is what you need. Why do you keep ignoring what I placed before you? You're not looking. You're steady looking to hear. And I'm giving you the signs. I'm giving you the signs. I will tell you this, my brothers and my sisters. God, and I shared this with you these past couple weeks, and I shared it on New Year's Eve. God, and this is where this whole vision for Mosaic Church about abundance has come from. God has given me, and he's spoken to me in visions unlike never before. Uh, Dreams, very vivid and clear dreams. He's presented some stuff to me. And here's the thing. uh, uh, They would not have counted if I didn't wake up and write them down. And you know why I write them down? It's the same reason that. God told Habakkuk to write them down because the vision that God gave me, the vision God gives you, the vision that God gives us is not for us. It's not for me. 
It's for somebody else to read and run with it. You see, he gave us the vision. He gives us where he guides, he provides. But watch this. We're not looking at provision in terms of finances. Where he guides, he provides wisdom. Where he guides, he provides insight. Where he guides, he provides uh, influence. Where he guides, he provides protection. Where he guides, he provides, watch this, uh, a steady light on the pathway to which we should go. And oftentimes we miss it because we stop looking. But in order for us to understand what God is doing, we have to write the vision and make it plain. Not for us, watch this, before others to run with. So when I look at the vision God has given me for Mosaic Church, uh, I'm like, this ain't even for me. I, I wish I knew who God is setting all of this up for. I wish I knew who that was so I could say, listen, grab hold of this. Don't ignore this. Don't miss what God is getting ready to do. Grab hold of this. You're missing it because you're not looking. All of this stuff that God has given me, all of these dreams and visions he's given me consecutively since November, so vivid and so clear, it's not even for me. So I write it down so that my kids can see it because it might not be for them, but it may be for somebody within their sphere of influence. Write the vision. Make it plain. Put it on tablets. You know what's so beautiful about tablets? And, and, And just for clarity... Let me tell you something so powerful about this. How many of you read this, 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 this particular passage and think stone? Right? And, and, it's, and we think that because, you know, it's a different age. Not that it's a stone age, but that's the thought. Write, it, write these tablets on stone. It, 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 does it say, it says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets. All right? And, and so when I look at this, I'm thinking stone. Stone. What, what, what is so significant about stone? There's a lot of significant about stone, but I don't think that he's referencing stone just here. He's saying make it concrete. <laughs> make it concrete. Make it plain. Make it concrete. Make it something that lives beyond this generation. And this vision that God had for the people, it certainly did. This is why we're Christians. He said make it concrete. When I read this, it's like they had, you know, if you understand biblical history and geography, they actually had this thing called papyrus that they wrote scripture on, right? Matter of fact, how do I know that? Well, the Dead Sea Scrolls was not written on stone tablets. And the entire, watch this, the entire volume of the book of Isaiah was preserved in its entirety, not in stone, but on this papyrus. So what he's saying is, and that's, that's what gave me the validation that what he's saying here, that it's not about stone. It's making vision I give to you, make it concrete, make it plain so that no matter the generation, when the language is changed, when the culture changed, the vision is still the same. The message is still the same, but the method may change. And this is what he's saying to us. The vision that I have for Mosaic Church, this, this, this vision of abundance, guess what? It's, it's got to be concrete because you're going to get some of it, but those after you will get all of it. But you've got to make it plain. You've got to write it down and make it plain so that they may. And here's the best part. He didn't say run with it. I mean, he didn't say walk with it. Right? He didn't say text it. He said so they can run with it. Like hurry. 
get it to where it needs to go. Make it plain to get it to where it needs to go. And here's the best part, because this is where we all lose it. (laughs) God tells Habakkuk something very profound here. Don't miss this. He says, for still, still. Catch that part, for still. In other words, what he's saying to Habakkuk, he already said. When you put still in there, he's saying, I'm still going to do what I said I was going to do. I know you haven't seen it yet, Habakkuk, but I'm still going to do what I said I'm going to do. What I told your ancestors that I'm going to do, I'm still going to do what I said I'm going to do. What he's saying is, I've already said it, but since you're a part of a new generation, Habakkuk, let me say it to you. The same way I delivered your ancestors out of their mess, I'm going to deliver your generation out of their mess. I'm going to deliver the next generation I'm still going to do it. I know it seems like you ain't seen it yet, but if I said it, I'm still going to do it. (laughs) If I did it for them, I'm still going to do it for you. Don't miss these very important words that kind of set set us up for what what he's trying to say. He says, "For for still the vision, here it is awaits its appointed time. I know you've been praying for a long time for about a matter. But God said all of my promises are yes, meaning I won't deny you, and amen. He said if you ask for anything already, I don't care if it was 10 years ago, if you ask for anything already in my son's name, I'm still going to do it at its appointed time. And a lot of times we start giving up and we start complaining. You know what? God's delay is not a denial. Watch this. He says that. He says that. He says that. He says, if it seems slow, wait for it. It surely will come. It will not delay. And what he's, what he's trying to say here, though you wait it, it's not a denial. Sometimes God holds back on giving you everything you want because he has to build up the capacity. Some of y'all are asking for stuff that you ain't got enough room to receive yet. Some of y'all asking for a husband, but you ain't built up the capacity to be a wife yet. You still in girlfriend mode. Some of y'all are asking for a house, but you barely paying your rent on time. Some of y'all are asking for a lot of money, but you can't manage the little bit he already gave you. Quit asking for stuff you ain't built up the capacity to receive yet. Can I preach for a little bit? Sometimes God holds stuff back not to deny you but to help you build up the capacity to receive what you ask for. You've got to be ready for it. You've got to know how to deal with some of the stuff that comes with the stuff you're asking for. The bigger the blessing, the bigger the demons. And you ain't got the fighting power to fight the demons that's going to come with the blessing that he's trying to give you. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Y'all got to hear this. Sometimes God withholds that just to build up the capacity to receive what you're asking for. So don't think, watch this, because you haven't heard from him, there's a still moment that's going to (laughs) happen. You asked for it, God said, I'm going to give it to you because I told you, you asked for anything in my son's name and by faith you shall receive it. It hasn't come yet, but it's still on its way. Just keep on praying. Keep on believing. It's still coming. God gave you a vision no one else has to make a difference no one else can. 
I want you all to pay close attention to what I just said. God gave you a vision that no one else has to make a difference no one else can. And in this season and in this, this decade of abundance, God has called you to do something that only you can do. You might be the voice that God is calling to save your entire family. You might be the voice that God is calling to save your entire community. You might be the voice that God is calling to make, make the biggest change that, that, that this generation has ever seen. God has gave, given you a vision that no one else has to do a work that no one else can. So don't think that, that, and by the way, any vision you have, you think that you, by the way, I just got to say this, this is funny. You think that you are so unique when you set your goals, that goal came from God. When you set your New Year's resolution, you're like, oh, you know what? I got this bright idea I'm going to do. That came from God. God, when he created you while we were yet in our mother's womb, he implanted in us, watch this, purpose. He gave us a heartbeat. He gave us an imprint. He gave us our own DNA. But with that DNA, he said, I'm going to give you purpose. Every single one of us exists on this earth for a purpose. So every time you have fresh vision, every time you set goals, every time you have a dream, God gave it to you while you were in your mother's womb. At the moment of conception, guess what? When you were conceived, in came purpose. None of us exist just to exist. We exist for a purpose. And a purpose, watch this, that only we are called to do. So that vision you have, those goals you set, you need to thank God for it. I get it. Some of y'all are bright. I mean, some of y'all are PhDs. I get it. But guess what? What God gave you came from God. Even your desire to choose the career path you're on. I'm telling you, God had this stuff planned long ago. You just didn't realize it. And there were some steps and obstacles you had to go to get there. But God has said, I've ordained this. How many of you tried to do something, right, that you just knew that, that this is the thing I want to do? I know I'm called to it, but you were never, ever, ever able to launch it. Every time you were ready to put in an application somewhere, every time you were ready to do something, like you just kept hitting roadblocks. You know why? Because that's God's way of recalibrating you. You see, y'all familiar with Waze app, right? I love the Waze app. And what happens is if you're on the road headed somewhere, and y'all know Waze sometimes will mess you up. But if you're on the road headed somewhere, and all of a sudden you jamming, or you're not paying attention, and you miss your stop, what does Waze do? They recalibrate you to get you back on there. And if you still keep missing it, Waze will recalibrate you to get you back on track and that's what happens in life you keep applying for jobs God ain't got set for you you keep dating people that God ain't supposed to have in your life you keep hanging out with people that God didn't assign to you you keep doing you keep buying stuff God said you ain't even supposed to have and you're wondering why because God constantly is recalibrating redirect redirect every time you get off track and do something you ain't supposed to do God says redirect redirect to get you back on point why because every single one of us has a purpose and at the end of the day God says whether you like it or not I'm going to get purpose out of you (laughs) 2020 vision whether you like it or not God says I'm going to get purpose out of you God gave you a vision no one else has to make an impact that no one else can Ecclesiastes chapter 3 Verse 11 says this, yet God has made everything beautiful. Watch this, for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart, 
But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. And that's what happens. God gives us vision, but he doesn't give us the details. And because we don't have the details, too many of us bow out. We bow out prematurely. He gives us vision, but, but man, I've been working this thing, and it just seemed like it ain't working. It just seemed like ain't nothing getting right. And, and sometimes y'all keep blaming God, and you got to look at, at how many times that you keep trying to force something God didn't have planned for you in the first place. You wonder why your, your dreams are delayed. Well, because you're going against the grain. God is saying, listen, if you would just listen to me, if you would just follow the plan that I ordained for you while you were in your mother's womb, guess what? You would have been blessed by now. But you keep trying to create your own path, but then say you love me. You keep trying to create your own path and then say you got faith. <laughs> oh, we love Jesus. I lo- listen, I love to be called a Christian, right? But, but we're not acting like the early Christians who operated 100% off of faith. They were fully faith-believing. I mean, honestly, think about it. To leave your wife and to leave a great career, and we're talking about Peter here because we know Peter had a wife. How do I know? Because Jesus healed his mother-in-law. A mother-in-law means that you have a wife. You never hear anything about her except the fact that she existed because Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. So you've got to have real faith to say, baby, this dude named Jesus told me to leave my career and just follow him. I, I, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try. Honey, can I try that later on? <laughs> Come on. That's why, that's why I got the right woman. She said, you already did that. Woo! I'm telling you all, I'm married up in this place. But can you imagine that? And Peter, by faith, Bible didn't say he, let me go home and think about it. Let me consult with my wife and my family. no. Bible says the man dropped his net and followed. He left his career. He left the thing that provided income. Here's why this is so deep. He's the only one we hear about that left his family. He left his career. He's responsible for taking care of his wife. Watch this because he's a man and his mother-in-law. But left that to follow Jesus. The people of the early church had great faith. We won't listen. We won't leave. Listen, <laughs> I ain't going to even tell y'all what we won't leave to get in the face of Jesus. But there's a lot that we won't leave, a lot that we refuse to leave to get into the face of Jesus. But we say we are a people of faith. I want you to kind of reevaluate that. Do your self-inventory. See what we need to change. Vision, my brothers and sisters, is a function of the heart, whereas sight is a function of the eyes. Okay, vision is a function of the heart. In other words, what God gives you in terms of vision, there's a heart connection to it. The vision that God gives you, meaning the purpose that he has for you, it's connected to your heart. It's connected to the desires of your heart. It's the thing that that connects, watch this, not only your pulse to, to, to yourself, but your pulse to God. It's the thing that gives you the greatest purpose, vision. That thing that God is, has you dreaming about. Guess what? That's a function of your heart. And what we use in terms of sight is a, is a function of our eyes. And so what God has birthed in you, guess what? It should be connected to passion. You should enjoy doing it. It's the thing that gives you great satisfaction. Not watch this. Not because it gives you money or status or influence. Watch this. But it gives you favor with God. And too many of us, we'd rather have money power, influence, 
and not favor. And I, I love what the songwriter said. I'd, as long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else because I'd rather have favor. That's why I hurried up and got married because I read that in the Bible that a man that finds a wife finds a good thing and favor. I said, forget the good thing. I just want the favor. I'm joking. There was many other reasons why I married this woman, but I'm grateful for the bonus of the favor. That's the cherry on top of the Sunday. Am I right about it, Brother Eddie? Right? The favor. Here's the thing about favor and God. That means that, that no matter what you're doing in life, God looks at you first. <laughs> that means even when you're sinning, God looks at you first. That means even when you make a bad decision, God looks at you first. You know what favor is? Every time he recalibrates you when you get off track. <laughs> he could ignore you and let you go to hell or Hades, right? But no, he says, no, I love you so much. And because you chose me, watch this, I give you favor so that when you get off track, I'm like, uh-uh, hold on. Let me get you back over here. Uh-uh, hold on. I know, I know that looks appeasing, but if you just stay on track, what I have for you is greater than you could ever fathom or imagine. I, I, I know that everybody else is doing that, but what I have for you, nobody is doing. You're about to create a path. You see, those are followers, but you're a trailblazer. <laughs> so stay on this path. I know it has a lot more work, and I know it has several more cliffs, and, and it has more rocks, and it's a little rocky, but guess what? I can make a crooked road straight if you just stick with me. This is what he's saying. This is, this is favor, and we get favor, watch this, when we, decide, when we choose him. Because guess what? He first chose us while we were yet sinners. While we were sinning, he still said, you are mine, you are mine, I'll take you, I'll take you. Yeah, but I'm a sinner, dude. you're perfect, I'll take you, come on. And he's waiting for every single one of us, even in our sin nature, to say, you know what? I surrender. I make you Lord over my life. I want you to lead because I've led as long as I can. And look what I've done with what I've led. You are Lord. And the minute we choose him, though he's chosen us long ago, the Bible says his thoughts of us outnumber the grains of sand. Next time you go to a beach, I want you to pick up a hand of sand and say, you mean to tell me you think more of me than this? That's a lot of sand. I dare you to try to count every single grain of sand that you pick up on the beach. And the Bible says his thoughts about us outnumber the grains of sand. What does that mean? He is constantly thinking about us. He is constantly fighting for us. He is constantly seeking us. He is constantly, we are always on his mind every single hour of the day. His thoughts of us, are, that's called favor. I don't think about nothing, including my beautiful bride like that. We're talking about his thoughts are constant and never ending. Because, why? Because he loves us. That's favor. While we were yet sinners, while we were turning our backs on him, while we were breaking his heart, he was still loving us. And you know why? Because he said, when you were in your mother's womb, I gave you purpose. And I'm going to love you till purpose comes out of you. That's vision. That's vision. Let me tell you to, to, to the final scripture here, and then we're going to be done. This is not in the notes, so I'm just going to say it. I know my wife just gave me a look. I'm sorry, honey. I love you. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the ESV version, English Standard Version. Proverbs 29, 
verse 18, the English Standard Version. It says this. Catch this. I love this. Where there is no, they throw a word in there, prophetic vision. The people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Catch this. Woo, this is so good. Where there is no, it didn't just say vision. There's a different word in there. It's a P word. Where there is no prophetic vision, what happens? The people cast off restraint, meaning they just do whatever they want. When there is no prophetic vision, they operate under their own law. They operate under their own design. They operate under their own pretenses. So watch this. When there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. Let me share with you what this word prophecy, prophecy means. We're talking about prophecy. Prophecy happens three ways. There's prophetic. That, the, the, there's the prophetic that happens in hindsight, meaning looking back at the past. Then there's prophet prophecy that happens in sight, that means looking at the present and looking internally. And then there's prophecy that happens foresight, that means looking at the future. And so what this scripture is saying is, when there is no hindsight vision, when there is no insight vision, when there is no foresight vision, the people will start acting and doing whatever they want. In other words, they will forget how God blessed them back in the days and start casting out stuff on their own. They will forget that God has a plan for them for good, not disaster to give a hope in the future. And they'll start operating, watch this, outside of the will of God and operating under their own will. And here's the thing. If I ask any of you in this room to raise your hand if you don't have a testimony, I doubt anybody would raise their hand. Because we all have a testimony of a a prayer that God answered specifically in our lives. And when we look over our lives and think things over, like the songwriter said, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I've got a testimony. Am I right about it? And I think every single one of us in here can say that we have a testimony. When you look back over your life and you can point to that testimony, that's called prophetic hindsight. When you look over your life right now and you look and see, okay, God, if you did it for me then, uh, right now I need you. And you begin to look at, oh, my God, God, you gave me a vision to do this thing. God, you gave me the vision to do that thing. God, you gave me the vision to do this thing. When you begin to look at what God has allowed you to do right now, that's called prophetic insight. Meaning, God, look at where I am. I may not be where I want to be, but thank you, Lord, I'm not where I used to be because of prophetic insight. I'm preaching better than y'all talking back to me this afternoon. And then when you begin to look and see the hope of glory, then when you begin to look and see the promises that God made for your life, then when you begin to look and see how he's made plans for your life to give you good life, not one for disaster, to give you a hope and a future. When you begin to look and see that all the promises are yes and amen. When you begin to look and see that he made you in his own image. When you begin to look and see that he is not left or forsaken you. That's called prophetic foresight. That as I go on this path that you laid out for me, I know that you are with me. You will not forsake me. Your rod and your staff, they protect and cover me that's prophetic foresight and if you don't have none of that then you begin to cast off all restraint and do whatever the Hades you want to do and we know when you start operating under that will which is the enemy's will when you start operating under his will 
things tend to fall apart. And you blame God for not responding when you have left him. People who are not operating, watch this, under prophetic vision, cast off all restraint and do whatever the Hades they want and wonder why things ain't going the way they thought they would because you've lost your vision. See, we're all born with 20-20 vision, and I'm not talking about eyesight here. Pay attention. We're all born with 20-20 prophetic vision. And sometimes we've got to look back over our lives, especially when we feel like we ain't hearing from God. God says, I want you to start looking like the prophet Habakkuk. I want you to look back at your past and see. Remember when you was praying in the late in the midnight hour and I showed up? <laughs> Remember you was on your knees crying out and I said, here I am, grab my hand. Remember when, <laughs> hey, remember when you needed me, I was there. Remember when you needed healing, I was there. Remember when you needed financial blessings, I was there. And I will be there today just like I was yesterday because the same God yesterday is the same God today. If I did it for them like I told them, the prophet Habakkuk, I'm going to do it for you because still the vision is relevant for a time such as this. So let us, my brothers and sisters, operate under the prophetic. I know some of y'all are like, I don't have this gift of prophecy. Yes, you do. God is giving you vision to see what he has planned for you. He's giving you dreams. He's giving you stuff that you didn't even fathom. Right now, and I'm going to talk about this on next week. Right now, you got something that God has stirred up in your spirit, but you're looking at what you have right now and saying, no, that ain't for me. And God is saying, bukaka, stop looking at what you got in your hands and look what I got in mine. And let's do an exchange. Oh, don't miss next week. I'm going to bless you next week. We're going to talk about that next week. Listen, I'm done. That's all I got. I hope you receive that. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.